KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Art Power is presenting Indian fusion band Red Bharat, mixing Indian bhangra rhythms, hip-hop, and funk music, March 23rd at the Epstein Family Amphitheater. Tickets and information about upcoming concerts and events at artpower.ucsd.edu. Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Wednesday, October 13th, looking at the aftermath of Monday's plane crash in the Santee. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. The Navy says it's recovered the bodies of five sailors from an August Seahawk helicopter crash off the USS Lincoln. The sailors died when their helicopter crashed roughly 60 miles from the coast of San Diego. The wreckage was recovered by an unmanned vehicle on Friday. The accident is still under investigation. An initial report says the helicopter touched down before its swaying rotor clipped the carrier's deck and crashed into the ocean. The San Diego County Sheriff's Office says it's reopening family and friend in-person visits at jails, ending a two-month suspension due to a surge of COVID-19 cases inside the jails. Visitors will have to adhere to health protocols such as mask wearing, physical distancing, and temperature screenings, and there's a limit of one adult and one child per visit. More information on how to schedule an appointment can be found on the County Sheriff's website. The Port of San Diego voted to begin phasing out diesel-powered vehicles with a goal of eliminating them at port facilities completely by 2030. That's five years sooner than a state mandate requires. There was some pushback. The Port Tenants Association complained the commissioners are moving too quickly and union officials expressed concerns about jobs. But electrician Christina Marquez says the board can't move fast enough. Electric vehicle charging infrastructure planning needs to be broader in scope, comprehensive, and needs to support a full zero emission transportation transition. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. National Transportation Safety Board agents are leading the investigation following Monday's deadly plane crash in Santee. The process of documenting the scene is still underway. Officials say they want to collect radar, weather, and air traffic communications, as well as the pilot's medical records. KPBS's Matt Hoffman says those who lost their homes and have family members in the hospital are still reeling from the incident. Oh my God, a plane crashed into this UPS truck and into this house right by our neighborhood. My first uh, reaction was uh, 
this can't be real. James Slafgrill's parents were sitting inside their home watching TV when the plane and the ensuing fireball came ripping through their home. This is um, something out of a, a bad video game or, or, you know, war movie. This is not something that's, you know, possible. Is anybody in the house? Neighbors who heard the crash came to their rescue, pulling the couple from the burning house. The people who uh, risked their lives to, to save uh, mom and Phil, I have no words. You know, you just cannot say thank you enough. You know, thank you isn't enough. These people just risked everything for people they don't know. The couple were taken to UC San Diego Medical Center, and their son says they are conscious and talking after suffering third-degree burns, but he's worried. It's the emotional side that, that you are kind of, you know, unsure about. You don't know how somebody is going to react to all this once, you know, the shock finally wears off and they see their house like this. The plane crash killed two people, the pilot and a UPS driver who was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Federal investigators are trying to determine what caused the crash, but we know from air traffic recordings that the pilot who's been identified as Dr. Seguda Das from Yuma, Arizona, kept climbing and then descending his aircraft. Low altitude alert, climb immediately. Climb the airplane, maintain 5,000. Expedite climb, climb the airplane please. Then there was the impact, which neighbors described as a loud boom followed by shaking. I was able to see my house from the backside, um, and that's when I knew right away um, that you know it was a it was a total loss. Um, obviously, it was pretty pretty traumatic. Cody and Courtney Campbell live in the second house that was completely destroyed. They were both out of the house and at work when the plane crashed, but Cody was supposed to be home early and his wife was unsure at first if he was safe. Couldn't get a hold of him. He wasn't answering. And so I thought maybe he did go home. Um, and then he finally picked up. I had about 400 missed calls and like, so I wasn't and, sure. And, uh, an abundance of text messages. Just by chance, Cody's mom picked up their 15-year-old dog that morning, likely saving its life. The couple were just married in May and moved in here a few days later. Sometimes working from home, they know this could have had a much different ending. With all luck, we'll be able to put some of the pieces together. Um, but most importantly, I mean, like I said, we could be doing much different interviews with right. us right now. And uh, those things are important. Yeah. I mean, to get him back would be amazing, but in the end, this is all that matters. Yeah. The Campbells and others impacted by this tragedy say they are so grateful for the community's support as they work through the process of rebuilding their lives. We hear you all and we're super thankful. That was reporting from KPBS's Matt Hoffman. While two homes were destroyed, 10 others were damaged by debris. The NTSB says a preliminary report is expected in about two weeks. The time frame for a full report is 12 to 24 months. More DUI checkpoints may be coming to San Diego County as a result of an increase in DUI homicides. KPBS's Alexandra Ronhell reports. The driver, a 25-year-old woman, she was intoxicated and involved in a crash that injured four people. It was a DUI crash that involved no fatalities, but San Diego County District Attorney Summer Steffen says this isn't always the case. And they are playing Russian roulette with people's lives. 
Stefan says San Diego saw its worst year ever in DUI homicides in two decades. This year, there are already 34 DUI fatality cases with 35 victims who didn't come home to their loved ones. She says they're seeing trends of younger drivers who are intoxicated with both alcohol and drugs. The San Diego County Sheriff's Department says they're also seeing a concerning trend of higher blood alcohol content. On average, those arrested have a BAC that's double the .08 legal limit, and in North County, they're seeing levels even higher than that. Stefan announced a new grant from the Office of Traffic Safety to prevent DUI deaths and to prosecute impaired drivers. This year's grant funding totals $530,600. That is going to allow our team to get the resources that it needs to continue fighting this battle. Charles Leonard with the California Highway Patrol says money will be used for education, training, and different prevention measures, which include DUI checkpoints. With funding like this, uh, our focus would be to increase uh, DUI checkpoints. I can say that we just recently conducted a checkpoint which was last month and resulting in five uh, DUI arrests. Uh, who knows how many lives that saved. In the past, DUI checkpoints have been a concern for undocumented immigrants. Teresa Adams Heider with the Sheriff's Department says immigration status isn't a concern. There is no uh, look or even bother or concern about what someone's nationality, race, anything of that nature. We are looking at someone who is intoxicated. Period. Stefan is asking all drivers in San Diego to take a pledge to not drive while intoxicated. And that was KPBS's Alexander Ronhell. New carpool lanes from Solana Beach to Carlsbad are hoped to bring some relief to traffic on the 5 freeway. KPBS North County reporter Tanya Thorne says the lanes will reach to the 78 freeway after construction is done. Nine miles of new carpool lanes are expected to open by the end of the year. Alan Kossup with Caltrans says the lanes will reach the 78 freeway after the last phase of construction is complete. And then the piece that we're, we're beginning today should be open to traffic uh, by the end of next year, 2022. Kossup warns drivers to look out for traffic changes while the carpool lanes are being completed. We will reduce the speed limit through the construction zone to 55 miles an hour. Drivers can expect some new orange striping that we're piloting uh, just to give people a heads up that you are in a construction zone. Improvements to the San Alijo Lagoon, the coaster tracks, and the carpool lanes are part of the North Coast Corridor project. And that was KPBS North County reporter Tanya Thorne. The Chula Vista Elementary School District now has 10 electric-powered school buses in an effort to cut air pollution. KPBS education reporter M.G. Perez rode along with one of the bus drivers on Tuesday. The new electric-powered school buses were paid for with grant money from the California Energy Commission. The money was given to the Chula Vista Elementary School District in 2019, but the COVID pandemic and shutdown kept the electric buses off the road until now. Libni Lopez is one of the first drivers behind the wheel. I feel it's safe because if something happens, one of the doors opens, the bus will stop. So I feel that it's safe. The buses benefit student health, too. Traditional diesel-fueled buses create air pollution that science has determined can trigger asthma in healthy children. And that was KPBS education reporter M.G. Perez. 
Coming up, the first ever San Diego Filipino Film Festival is about to launch. We are inspired, but we're nervous because uh, this is a test. We wanted to see if we can engage the community. We'll have more on that next, just after the break. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. October is Filipino American History Month, so it's the perfect time for the San Diego Filipino Cinema to launch its first ever San Diego Filipino Film Festival. It runs October 14th through the 19th in a mix of virtual and in-person events. KPBS arts reporter Beth Accomando has this preview. When Benito Bautista and Emma Francisco started making films more than a decade ago, they felt like they had no platform to show their work. When they arrived in San Diego, they decided to make a difference in both the Filipino and filmmaking communities. So they founded San Diego Filipino Cinema, says Executive Director Bautista. Our mission is to discover and exhibit compelling films from the global Filipino filmmakers to the diverse community in San Diego. This week, the nonprofit organization hosts the first ever San Diego Filipino Film Festival, which will showcase more than 40 films in person and another 30 online. What we're excited about is that we have given San Diego sort of a platform to see and be curious and find out what, what we have globally, because there are a lot of Filipinos globally. And the experience of a Filipino in Africa or the Philippines or California may not be the same. But sometimes there are common threads, especially among the short films, says Francisco, who is the festival programmer. I think the common thread with all the films is about family life, Filipino family life. Francisco says the festival provides an opportunity to not just showcase fresh voices, but also to support filmmakers hopefully to inspire young filmmakers to share their own stories and hopefully give them the tools that they need in order to be a sustainable filmmaker. But putting on a festival for the first time can be a challenge. We are inspired, but we're nervous because this is a test. We wanted to see if we can engage the community in participating in familiar stories or stories that they've never heard, or stories moving forward that are coming from a younger generation. We don't know how they are going to engage. Will they engage running to the theater? That will be awesome. Or they will not go. Benita and I have dreamt 
about this for a long time since you know we were in the Philippines filming our films and watching the audience how films made such an impact to them. We realized the transformative impact of cinema and how we can actually change our motivation for existence because of the things that we see and we hear, especially when the filmmaker's there and then we learn about the process and the meaning and the subtext. It's a shared humanity. We share the same emotions. We share the same struggle and hurt and, and pain and love and you know all, all those things. It, it is simple but it is powerful at the same time. Bautista says tomorrow's opening night features a rock and roll documentary at the Mingay Museum in Balboa Park. Take care of this is your story. It's a band of Filipino-American women in the 60s and 70s. They were rock musicians like the Rolling Stones, but they were never recognized by the American music industry because of the color of their skin. We also have a special work-in-progress screening of A Long March by Tammy Botkin. I'm one of the co-producers of this film. It's a feature documentary about the story of the Filipino U.S. Army veterans of World War II. That service was not recognized. Bautista is not only thrilled to be showing these films, but also to be showing many of them in person because there's a magic to watching films together. And the reason is because I, we might be four people in the theater, but we share the fluctuations and the emotional ups and downs of the film. And I'm excited to experience that with the audience. San Diego Filipino Film Festival will attract far more than four people with its diverse selection of films. It's a welcome addition to San Diego's rich array of film festivals. Beth Accomando, KPBS News. San Diego Filipino Film Festival runs Thursday through October 19th, both in person and online. And that's it for the podcast today. Be sure to catch KPBS Midday Edition at noon on KPBS Radio or check out the Midday Edition podcast. You can also watch KPBS Evening Edition at 5 o'clock on KPBS Television. And as always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a great day. KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu.